you for our time together. Lord, what a blessing we have already heard, Lord, from one of your children, Sarah. Thank you for the message and song that we've just heard. Lord, now as we continue in worship, I pray, God, that we would do truly that, that we would worship you. Lord, that we would try as best as we can to blot out anything that may be a distraction to us today, but that we would be in tune with you, God, in the message that you have for us. So again, thank you for a beautiful day you've given us to worship you. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Our hymn of praise number 21. Let's stand as we sing. Amen. Please be seated.
What a wonderful time it is now where we can, um, hopefully we prepared ourselves for worship before we came in, but now we can even get a little more serious and, and get a little more in tune with God as we, as we uh, use this time to confess before God uh, our sinfulness, and we are sinners, of course, saved by grace of God, and our prayer of confession, and our assurance that we are forgiven. What a blessing to know that. The psalmist writes in, writes in Psalm 55, verse 1 and 2, these words, these words, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, we thank you for this time in worship where we can come to you and call on you, where we can lay before you our sinfulness. Lord, you already know what it is, but God, we have opportunity to to agree with you that what we do with the times that we sin against you is, is bad and it's against you. So Lord, allow us this time to to surrender. To surrender ourselves to you. Lord, to give you our sinfulness. And ask, oh God, that you would forgive us. Lord, you promise in your word that if we confess our sins before you, that you're faithful and you're just and that you will forgive us from all our unrighteousness. So that we are grateful for this day. And I pray in your name. Amen. All right, young folks, meet me down front. All right, good morning. Abigail bit the dust. She's okay though. <laughs> good morning. How's everybody? Okay, doing well. Had a good week at school. School's school's getting close to being over. You know that, don't you? All right. Who said amen? Did somebody say amen? <laughs> All right. Abigail. Oh, oh, honey. Here we go. How about a sucker? How about a sucker? You want to get one of those? She just about ruined my object lesson. <laughs> I'm just thinking. She could have never done that. She just about did it, Wendell. She was... All right. Hey, um, yes, object lesson. Um, let me see. The tallest person in here is probably about six foot tall, probably. Maybe a little bit taller. Maybe six foot one. You know how tall that is? That's a little taller than you, right? A little, little bit taller than you are. But I want to show you something. I want In our message today, we're going to talk about a guy, two, two men. One, David, you've heard of him, and one, Goliath. 
What was Goliath? Remember who Goliath was? He was a giant. He was a big, big person. A lot bigger than any of us today. And, and, and I, I brought a little, little something along here. I'm to try to show you a little bit here. Got some old boots. Huh? Got some boots. We'll put them right here. And, and uh, we'll. Goliath probably stood about that far apart, I guess. Okay? But let me, let me show you something else. Let me show you how tall that rascal was. Now look at that. Can you imagine trying to fight somebody that tall? I mean, I'd love to have some basketball players that tall. Nine foot. Over nine foot tall. You think they could dunk at Tanner? Yeah, I think so. So, we have to look up to him. Come here, Tanner, and stand, stand beside Goliath. Look at that. Look at that. You have to look way up in him, don't you? Okay? Brittany, come here a second. Now, Brittany's a little bit taller than you are. Okay? Get, get over there. Get over there. Now, look at that. Brittany even has to look up to Goliath. That's a big man. That's a big man, isn't it? Huh? How would you like to fight him? You would like to fight him? Brittany, would you like to fight him? I try. You, you try? Okay. <laughs> I figured she'd say that. All right. Thank you. So, you uh, see the comparison there, how big he was. And he probably, hey, folks, he probably didn't have a smile on his face either. He probably didn't have a f- smile on his face because w- when we get to talk about him a little bit later, I'm going to show you that he, this guy could be angry. <clears throat> but w- what I want to tell you is this, folks. What I want to tell you is this. The way David, now David was a young guy, teenager probably, okay? Young man, teenage boy, going up against this giant. And the only way he defeated the giant Wonder how? Wonder, wonder what the only way he beat this giant. Anybody got any ideas? Now we know that they hit him in the head with a with a stone, right? David slung a stone around and hit him in the head. But see, that's not really what killed him. What really killed him was God allowing David to hit him at just the right spot. So I say all that to say this to us. It doesn't matter how big our Goliaths are in our life. We can still defeat them. And I want to give you a Bible verse. And I want you to take it. And I want you to keep it somewhere close at your house. Put it in your Bible or put it somewhere in your bedroom where you can always remember this verse. Okay? It is a great verse. Here we go. I'm going to leave one right there for, for Allie. Here we go, Abigail. <clears throat> there we go. And this is what it says. It's John 8, 31. And it says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Isn't that good to know? That God is for us? And it doesn't matter if we're as small as Henry or, or as tall as, as Brittany or Ramey or whoever. God is with us. And we can beat that old, we can beat that old Goliath, can't we? We can beat that giant. Experts say he was over nine feet tall. Nine feet tall. That's how big he was. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me pray for you, okay? Lord, thank you for these young people. Thank you, Lord, that 
you have shown us today in your word that you are for us. And it doesn't matter who is against us. Since we have you on our side, we will always win. We will be victorious. We can overcome anything in our life that is too big for us by ourselves to handle. God, with you, all things are possible. Thank you for these young people. I pray in your name. Amen. There we go. There we go. Okay. Let's stand for the doxology. Father, thank you for this time of worship where we can give back to you a small part of what you give us each and every day of our lives. Lord, bless the gift, bless the giver. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for that, Matt. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, uh, we have some folks we need to pray for. And our list is long on the, on the prayer list, if you have it there. If we look at it on, in your bulletin. But uh, let, let me first and foremost say uh, this. Uh, I want to thank you on behalf of my mom for remembering her and your prayers this week as she had uh, surgery. Uh, she's still got um, uh, some things to go through in the future. But just for, uh, thank you for your prayers, your, your calls, your texts. And, and all of that. So thank you. It's, it, it means a lot to me. It's a blessing to know that we have a church that prays for one another. Thank you for that. Um, also, uh, continue to pray for the family of Mr. Rufus Spivey family. Matt, when is that funeral? At 2.30? First prayers in Florence, 2.30 this afternoon.
Uh, so we do want to continue to remember three. Okay, I'm sorry. Three o'clock. Three o'clock this afternoon. First prayers in Florence. And uh, along those lines, let's do continue to remember Miss Janice. Good to see Mr. Carl here today. Uh, remember Miss Janice, uh, just having a, a very difficult time, and and as all of us know and are aware of what she's going through. So let's do pray for her and and the family. Miss Doris Brown is under the weather. Um, I pray for her. Diane Johnson. Uh, Diane is doing. Diane doing pretty good. Good. Good to good to see you out today, and uh, I know she's. Went through some testing and some surgeries here recently, and uh, we just pray for her to continue to improve. Also, uh, Mr. Lindy Canty, many of you know who that is, uh, not doing well. It's in MUSC, uh, not doing well at all. And also, uh, Mr. Johnny Timmons, who is with us today, his mother, Sarah Timmons, um, is not doing well either. And also, Susan, remind me again. Scotty Anderson, uh, who, which is, That's Pam Player's younger brother. yeah, okay, Pam Player. Many of you know Pam, Miss Pam Player. That's her younger brother, not not doing well at all. So we've got a lot, a lot of sickness. Uh, we've got a lot of people to pray for. So uh, join me as as we pray, okay? Lord, we know we that you hear us, and we thank you for that. Lord God, we also know that you answer us. Many times it's not how we want our prayers answered, but God, we know that you know best for each of our lives and also in the lives of the ones that we have mentioned today. So we pray, God, your will to be done in each person's life. Bless them, bless their families. Lord, bless those who have lost loved ones. And we pray, oh God, that you would give those families, the peace that only you can give in difficult times like these. Thank you, Lord, that we can call on you. Thank you for loving us, for providing for us. Lord, just thank you for being so good to us when we certainly don't deserve it. Lord God, continue to speak to our hearts as we worship as we are reminded of the model prayer that you taught your disciples many years ago. And as we pray that together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not of faith, number 368. Let's stand and sing together.
Just remain standing. The Apostles' Creed will you find printed in your bulletin there if you'd like to follow along as we affirm our faith together. I believe in God the Father. Please be seated. Sarah's, Sarah's going to make her way back up this time, and she's going to sing for us again. And again, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, her dad, um, Mr. Al, is here. He and I taught school together for a few years over there at Lawrence Manning. And uh, his friend, Miss Vicky, thank you all for being here today. God bless you. Thank you.
so much, Sarah, for blessing our hearts through song this morning. What a wonderful, wonderful song. Thank you. Well, uh, grab your outline, if you will, and we're going to go through this together right quick. And um, look at a very familiar story. I started it with the young folks this morning about David and Goliath. And uh, just entitled the message, Kill the Giant. Kill the Giant. I want you to think about some giants you may have in your life uh, that you need to kill, that you need to, to stamp out, uh, do away with. Giants. Have you thought about this fact that giants are real in our life? No figment of one's imagination. Not something that we dream up. But see, those giants could be problems and pressures and pains and maybe even persecutions that you and I may face in our lives. And these giants that we might be facing just may cause some major problems in our lives. So you say, what is a giant? I defined it there on your handout for you. Any of those things that distract, detour, or drain us of our passion for God. Simply put, giants represent anything in your and my life which is opposed to God. There just may be someone here this morning among us who is having a difficult time with giants in his or her life. I pray before that we leave today that you will see through God's Word today how you can stamp out those giants and eradicate those in your lives. Well, if you have a pew Bible, if you want to turn there, it's on page 330, I believe it is. Uh, page 330 in your Bible. I'll be reading from the New King James. It's 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, I want to take just a few minutes to read this because uh, once we get started, we, uh, we're going to go through pretty quickly because these verses are pretty self-explanatory. And we'll get to the five points and give you some things to fill in and hopefully some things to take with you and to remember and to help you. Beginning with verse number one, I'm going to skip along, uh, skip around, so follow along quickly if you will. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle. Go to verse two. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Verse four. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And I've given you those dimensions, a little over nine foot. Experts say about nine foot, six inches tall. Verse 5, he had a bronze helmet on his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was about 5,000 shekels of bronze. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff on his, on his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer went before him. 
Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will, uh, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, this is Goliath now, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of the Ephraimite of Bethlehem. Uh, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years, in the days of Saul. Go down to verse 14. David was the youngest. Go to verse 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Go to verse 23. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the, the Philistine of Gath. Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same, to the same words, so David heard them. And all the men of Israel, whom they saw the man, uh, whom they saw the man, fled from him, and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that, that the man who kills him, the king, will enrich Enriched with great riches, will give him his daughter and give him his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Go down to verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard... They reported them to Saul, and he said for and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistines. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord will be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand, and He chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. 
So the Philistines came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, the Philistines saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward him, toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. And then verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. The word of the Lord. And Lord, we do thank you for your word. Now speak to our hearts as we look at this message today about killing the giants in our lives. I pray in your name. Amen. Wow. Wow. Probably one of the most read stories in all the Bible, that of David and Goliath. Now, we saw we saw in the Scripture very clearly that we see a story of a shepherd's bravery, a little boy's bravery, a young teenager's bravery. Of a teenager who was prepared uh, for battle. But here's what we must understand. If we don't get anything else, this would be the bottom line of this story this morning. We must see that this is a story of a shepherd boy's trust in Almighty God. The shepherd boy's trust in Almighty God. Remember the story. Let's kind of imagine it this way. The armies are are Israel on this side and and the Philistines on this side. And in between, uh, there was a valley. And Scripture said in verse 40 that for 40 days, morning and night, this old giant, old Goliath, would come out. And he would come up to the top of that mountain. And here's the Israelites over here. They would be over here. And he would they would begin a shouting match back and forth. And this went on for 40 days. Forty days, twice a day, old Goliath was over there. Oh, come on over here. Anybody brave enough to fight me, come on over. And until one day David showed up and, and he heard this nonsense that Goliath was saying. And he said, you know what? 
I'm just paraphrasing this. I've had enough. I've had enough, big boy. I'm going to go battle you. And not only am I going to battle you, but I am going to beat you. Keep that scenario in mind. So now, what about those giants in our life? What about those giants in our life? Yes, the stone, the little stone, ultimately, not ultimately, but did cause that giant to fall. It is said, I did some research on how fast that that stone could have been traveling, 100 miles per hour when it hit him. But now keep in mind, Scripture says that these people were afraid. These people were terrified. They ran the other way. All but one little scrawny boy named David, a shepherd boy named David, who put on the armor and it was too big for him. He couldn't even walk in it. So he took it off and threw it aside and he faced Goliath alone Alone? Absolutely not. David plus God equals victory. You plus God equals victory over any giant you have in your life. Bottom line, case closed. Folks, we're in a win-win situation. Us plus God equals victory every single time. Fill in some blanks. Let me give you some words. What about those giants in our life? How can we face them? How can we uh, do away with them? First, with courage. With courage. David was not afraid to face Goliath. I think back when Moses died and, and God uh, appointed or anointed Joshua to take over, two things, uh, two verses, uh, God told Joshua one thing. He said, look, Joshua, you be strong in verse 6 of Joshua 1. In verse 7 of Joshua 1, it says, uh, he, he reminds him, he said, look, Joshua, you be strong. And then he comes back and says, be very strong and courageous. So he fought, we, we, can, we can kill those giants with courage. Second, with confidence. Folks, David must have had absolute confidence. I mean, nobody else would fight him. David said, I will. Because he knew who was on his side. He got this confidence from God. With preparation. We beat that giant in our life by being prepared. Notice David picked up five stones. Did that indicate he had a lack of faith? Absolutely not. He was prepared. God gives us common sense to be prepared in situations. So David picked up five. Just in case he wounded him, he might get hit him with another one. So David was prepared. Look, God wants us to be prepared. Many ways we can be prepared. A couple of ways is through prayer. Is through prayer. How often do we talk to God? <clears throat> through His Word. How often do we read His Word? How can a believer function without reading God's Word? I don't know. You explain that to me. I don't know. I don't think you can. With preparation. With trust. 
Number four. How many times have we put trust in us? Oh, I can handle it. Oh, oh, I can do it by myself. I, I can I can go at it alone. I can promise you the only way my mom, and I'll use her, my mom because I saw it firsthand in, in her life, how she faced that surgery was because she was prepared and she was prayed up. And guess what? She had lots of you on her side praying for her. And I'm most grateful for that. Will always be forever and ever. Prepared. With trust. We can't trust in self to get it done. We can't trust in self to get it done. I have never seen a basketball team play with one player. I've never seen a baseball team play with a couple of players. A football team, team with just a quarterback in the center. Never in my life have I seen that. It takes a team effort. We've got to trust, not in our abilities, but in what God can do in and through our lives. We must trust. And then lastly, with victory. We, we, we defeat that giant in our life because we know we're going to be victorious, period. It may not turn out how we want it to. God may not answer our prayers like we want them answered. But God knows best. It's all for His glory. With victory. With God, all things are possible. So can't you see there's a common thread that we can't do it by ourselves. We're not in it by ourselves. But we've got to have God on our side. It's us plus God equals victory every single time. So I ask us this morning, are we ready to fight the Goliaths in our life. I was, some of you are thinking, you're right, I've been trying to do this thing by myself. And I can't do it. I, I can't do it. I've got to have God on my side. You see some of those Goliaths that you may be up against are peer pressure. How about it, young people? Peer pressure. Immorality, bad crowds, whatever it may be. And the list goes on and on. We can be victorious exactly how David was. By fighting the giant. Not by himself, but with God. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the message. Thank you, Lord, that you show us in your word that we can defeat our giants in our lives exactly like David did. And it's not throwing stones at them. It's not getting a slingshot and putting a little pebble in it and shooting a pebble at it. No, it's when we have you on our side. When we are in tune with you. And God, if we're not in tune with you by, by praying and communicating with you and by, and by reading your word, on a daily basis, God, we can't be in tune with you. So we must be in prayer. We must be in your word, reading and studying and understanding what it is and how it is you want us to defeat that giant in our lives. So thank you for David. Thank you for Goliath. Thank you for the story of David and Goliath. 
and how this little boy trusted in you wholeheartedly. God, may we trust in you wholeheartedly as we face our giants. And remind us that we don't go about it alone, but we go in the name of the Lord. And I pray in your name. Amen. Our hymn of dedication is number 275. Let's stand as we sing.